This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, bestsellers, and books that are out of print. For more information, please visit their website at bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago or call them at 773-239-1110. You're listening to WXAV 88.3 FM Chicago. This is Musical Catastrophe with your hosts, me, DJ Eddie X, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, DJ Louis D. Today, we've got two albums that were monumental in their genres. We have Illmatic by Nas and Odile by Beck. Well, we're just going to jump right into it. Go crazy. So first, we'll talk about Illmatic. Okay. Now, you told me about this, and you told me a little bit about the history behind this. Yeah. That Nas was basically working on this album when he was, like, 16? Nah, dude. He was, like, I I believe he was, like, 19 or something like that. He was, like, 18 or 19, something along those lines, like his his debut album. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was, I believe, 93? Yeah. If I'm correct. It says 1994. 1994. I think he started production in 93 and it released in 94, something Mm -hmm. along those lines. Fact check me if you want to. When this album first came out, of course, I wasn't born yet, but I had family members that were. Mm -hmm. And I heard stories about there being mixed reactions to it. There were some people that were like, the heck is this? Mm -hmm. But then there was a lot of people that loved it. And my uncle... Shout out to my uncle because he's the one who put me into hip hop. Was one of the people that loved it. And he specifically recalls putting in the cassette tape. He pressed play and he heard New York State of Mind. And he was blown away. And that's how I felt when I first heard it because he played it for me. Ever since then, I think it's become a classic in the hip hop genre. If you look at other classic albums within the respected genre, you got like Tupac's All Eyes on Me, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, you got the Marshall Mathers LP, you have Wu-Tang's 36 Chambers. So, you know, there's just a lot of classic albums that are in the genre and Elmatic is one of them, right? So that's exactly why I recommended it to you because, you know, being a newbie, in the hip-hop genre as of right now you're kind of you know getting a fresh start but i thought we'd go back take it back a little bit to one of the instant 90s classics yeah and i had that same reaction when i first heard it okay the first time you told me to listen to it while we were preparing for this podcast i heard the genesis you know it's like this track that just like it's not really a song yeah but it opens up the album and I thought, wow, okay, this wants to take me somewhere. Yeah. And then I heard New York State of Mind. And then, oh, man, Oof. it just clicked. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And what made it even more intense was the lineup of New York State of Mind, then Life's a Snitch. Yeah, we'll call it Life's a Snitch for uh, censorship purposes. And then we got The World is Yours. Mm-hmm. Those three tracks are bangers. Oh, yeah. And Classic boom bap for you right there. <laughs> yeah. Also, I thought it was very autobiographical of Nas. Absolutely. He puts his memories and his perspectives on hip-hop and the state of hip-hop at that point. Right. Because it was still fresh. It was still new. But I feel like this also kind of 
open the floodgates for himself to create the rest of the album right which which is solid all the way through mm-hmm. it's almost like he's hyping himself up like this is what we have right now this is what our current state is but the world is yours and three track like right you know hit you know, hit after hit after hit it's kind of him saying like well i'm here now and i'm i'm going to do what i want with this so i get the intention from listening to this album that obviously Nas has seen a lot of stuff, right? Growing up in hardcore Brooklyn, New York, right? When I hear New York state of mind, you know, to start off the album, it gets me in this mood that's like, okay, I'm in Nas's shoes. I'm in a different worldview than other people might not exactly see on an everyday basis, right? Like sticking up kids and involved in shootouts and, you know, things of that nature, junkies and stuff like that on the street corners. It's really an aspect of life that people fail to see when they're not exactly exposed to it. So I think Nas does a great job on that album, just painting a picture and then relating it to himself, right? Because when you look at other artists such as We'll say Rakim, right? Rakim did the same thing. But I think their appeal in the early stages of their career was just to get noticed, right? I think if I listen to this album, like, of course, every rapper's in the game is like, all right, this is what I want to do in order to set myself out there. But I think Nas did it because he had something to say. And I think that's the greatest feeling about this album is like, there's so much that he says that you can't believe he actually went through it. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. just for the fact that, oh, yeah, I want the fame and money. It was like, no, like, this is the stuff that I endure on a daily basis and you guys need to hear about it. You know what I mean? So that's what I personally appreciate from the album. And I think it deserves that classic title just because of the way, not even just because of the way he spits, because the way he expresses himself through actually rapping is like, beyond everything that people had previously heard as far as a lyrical level not to say that you know there weren't lyricists back then but the way he brought lyricism to the table was like oh my god you know what i mean it's just there's so much that i could say about elmatic you know what i mean it's like he did something to prove his skills but he proved that brooklyn new york is his home but there are flaws within his home and i think that was the most enjoyable part about the whole album Mm-hmm. And you talk about his lyrical skills, but I think the beats that he was able to make and the instrumentals on this yeah, yeah. is also incredible. The craziest part is like Nas was one of the original artists to actually go to different producers for a project, right? Because normally like you think of N.W.A., And all Mm -hmm. their songs were basically produced by Dr. Dre. You know what I mean? Like they had that one producer that they relied on for all their tracks. Nas was like, all right, I have a sound that I want, but there are different producers that will be able to bring me that sound. And I think that's where we get a lot of the influence that we have today going on. Because, you know, there's a lot of artists that are like, oh, well, let me work with No ID or let me work with, I don't know, them peoples or something like that. You know what I mean? But Nas, I feel like, was the one to really start that. I want to work with different producers just because of the fact that there's a sound that they can bring that somebody else might not be able to. I think that's one of the impacts that he had on society. But there's a lot of people that think he can't choose beats in a weird way. Yeah, like now there's a big argument going on that Nas can still rap, but he doesn't know how to pick beats. So I guess, you know, comes with the territory. But hey, I guess it's personal preference, maybe. Yeah. What I appreciate about those beats, though, 
is that there's a level of simplicity in it, but there's also an extra layer where if you dive into it a little bit more, you can notice certain sounds right. and in all the instrumentation. Yeah. But I mean, all the way through the album, now that you mentioned that there's many producers who worked on this, I can definitely see that because each one of these songs is distinct right. in their own way, you know? Yeah. Sure, Nas has his style, but each one of those songs is its individual little world. Exactly. I know, well, before we came on, you couldn't choose a highlight of this album. I can't, because it's, it's just, I think, all the way through, like, each and every song for me is just like, holy crap, like, I can't choose a song. I mean, if I really, really had to, I think the opener, New York State of Mind, is, like, maybe number one for me, just because of the fact that, like, it holds a special place for me historically, as far as me listening to the album, because when I first heard it, mind you, I had no idea what he was saying at like what eight nine years old mm -hmm. but the way he was rapping and the way his flow was on new york state of mind was just insane to me like the way he switched up his bars and like the way he was able to maneuver words to go into a separate bar it was just like but like i said i had no idea what any of the topic was at that age but hearing the way he was rapping on that track was like oh my god like how did you do that you know what i mean yeah so i don't blame you i mean once i started listening to this album it quickly became one of those albums that i put in my regular rotation for my personal listening because i think it's like super solid front to back okay that a single listen will not give you all that this album has to offer. Absolutely. But I will say just personally, my favorite song is Memory Lane slash Sitting in the Park. Okay. It just has like a nice chill beat to it. And I feel like that is one of those songs that I would want to play while I was like sitting, sitting in at the, the park. park. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do what the song title says. Why not? <laughs> mm -hmm. But like. Going out a bit, I think this album was also a precursor to all the modern like hip hop that we have now. You think? I just feel that elements from today's hip hop can be traced down from from Illmatic. Okay, I mean, there's a lot of people that came before Nas that he picked up influences on, but I think definitely like late '90s, early 2000s, listening to Illmatic was like one of those albums that you just had to do to become a hip-hop artist you know what i mean yeah i mean it, it kind of still holds true to this day i think the album's like what 25 something years old you know 25 26 years old yeah so for him to still re-release it and still sound like a classic i think that weighs a lot on the hip-hop culture and like the way it's trying to come back as far as lyricism is concerned, because, you know, there are a lot of variations of hip hop these days that people would consider the way they listen to the genre. But as far as like lyrical capability, I think people listen to Illmatic and it's like, that's the bar I want to set because you can still play this 25, 26 years later and it still sounds incredible. And I think that's why people consider it a classic. Though, from my understanding, and this is personal information being passed down, a lot of people were kind of iffy on it at first. You know what I mean? Though it, it had a lot of its critical acclaims, I think there were a lot of people that were like, well, you know, Pac's out. You know what I mean? Biggie's out. So let's just listen to those guys. Or Rakim's out. Let's just listen to these guys. You know? Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Or Eric B and Rakim, excuse me, because Rakim went on his separate ways a little later. Yeah. Classic album. I think personally it's like one of the top 10 for me of all time to be honest can't get away from that mm -hmm. so i don't blame you and the next album that we went over was bex odelay came out in 2001 
And when it came out, people flocked to that album. Did they? Uh-huh. Okay. And at that point in time, there wasn't too many people on the rock and roll side of things breaking out and just having a lot of fame. I think the number one rock act that we had at that point was like Kid Rock. Jesus. Yeah. And I know that guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... Just to get into it, I had no idea who Beck was. Mm-hmm. I still kind of don't know who Beck is, considering I just listened to this album very carefully. You know me. There's a lot of albums that I just can't get into for certain reasons. Yeah. I'm not going to say this is one of those albums, but you know, this album definitely has its highlights. There are some albums that I'm like, oh, okay, this sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) like, what were you doing? Like, that sounds ridiculous. Like, why would you put that in there? So I definitely have a mixed opinion about it. I think I need to take a couple more listens to it to really appreciate what he was trying to do. As you say, there's a lot of people that flock to it and really give it such high regards. But for me, you're being nothing but a hip hop head listening to this. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Like somebody explain, is there a context behind certain songs that I'm not getting here? Or like, you know, is there something I'm just generally missing about the story or something like, is there a story to this album? I don't think there's a story to this album. Okay. I don't think there's a continuous theme running through this. Okay. I think this album is like a collection of songs. All right. More of... I mean, nothing wrong with this that. This is what Beck was doing. Yeah. At times, though, this album does have spaces in it where it just drags on. Okay. Where it just goes on and on. That was one thing that I found about some of the instrumentation on here is like, okay, I, I can probably do with, uh, you know, 30 seconds less of this, or mm-hmm. I can probably do without the ridiculous vibes that certain songs give off. I'm like, nah, I'm not feeling this right now. Maybe... You can if you're under some certain influence, Mm. I would assume, because that's kind of what this sounds like, Mm -hmm. something that you might have to be under some certain influence. I'm not going to say what kind because there are different variations, but there's just some I'm like, "Mm -mm, no, no. Like one song in particular to me, Derelict, is that how you say it? Derelict? I'm just like, no. I noted that there's like a jungle vibe. Mm-hmm. to the to the song like a south african kind of feel going for it and i'm just like no not feeling it I, especially coming off of like lord only knows or hot wax or anything like that like i'm just like nah yeah sorry bro can't do it not for me it's weird because at those times i said there are those times where it does feel like it drags along but then you know you look at some of the longer songs like where it's at right right, right. that's and, actually one of the songs that i liked yeah um because it it just seemed catchy to me Mm -hmm. just to be simple and plain about it. Like it was, it was catchy. It works. Like just that it's that simple, you know, um, for some reason Beck is able to make some songs stretch out and work a lot better than he does with other ones. So I don't really know about that. I feel like maybe, like I said, I, I definitely have to go back and listen to this again. I don't know if I will, but I feel like in order to get the full, experience maybe i have to go back and listen to it maybe like three or four more times or maybe just listen to a couple of songs three or four more times and Mm -hmm. really sit down with them but i mean there's definitely like uh hot wax is definitely a cool song for me like i felt it it was kind of hip-hoppy in a way uh just just personal opinion the vocals for me were clear and understandable so that that i appreciated the harmonica that I liked 
you know, I, I liked in that track and the record scratching and the transitions at the end of that song were really cool too. Let's see what else. Novocaine, I thought was pretty cool because it it just sounded trippy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it was one of those tracks. I was like, all right, you might have been under the influence for this one, but you don't have to be in order to enjoy it. Where it's at was also another one that I really liked in high five it was a decent track for me too those were the ones that i really dug into and were like oh yeah this is this this sounds like something i would listen to again yeah and listen to over again and i also think this album kind of shows off this weird time period where rock was trying to find itself after the 90s you okay. know because sure in the 90s you know we went through like that grunge and like that punk era but then after the 2000s we really didn't have our foot in like a single place. Okay. And I think this album kind of represents that because it kind of does go all over the place. Like you mentioned, Beck has some parts where he is kind of doing like a hip hop vibe um, yeah. on some of the songs, but then other ones is like a straight up acoustic thing. Right. You know? Yeah. That was, that was one of the things that I heard. Like there's, there's a bunch of different sounds on this album and I think that's why I need to listen to it again, because there are so many different sounds like, you know, we were just talking about how Illmatic has different sounds within the album, but you knew it was still hip hop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for Olay, like there are so many sounds within the album that you can't really tell what he's going for. And maybe that's the point. I would assume that's the point. But me personally, I just I don't know you know what the point of it is just because of the fact that there are so many variations of sounds on this album that i just don't normally listen to not to say that it's bad in any way i just don't particularly care for them because of the fact that i don't listen to it like that so um yeah. when you throw tracks like jackass at me i'm like mm, okay <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but definitely, definitely, definitely. But that's going to do it for this episode of Musical Catastrophe. I have been your host, DJ Eddie X. And your co-host, DJ Louis D. And tune in for next time. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.